This is the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and this is episode number two, the second recording. Uh, And in this episode, I want to tell you about the origins of the Infinite Spark of Being. spark of being refers to a soul, refers to Atman from the Vedic uh, standpoint. So, and from the Vedic standpoint, what we have is uh, the, the deal is this, that the human needs to become conscious of its true identity as the Atman, as soul. And then it's the duty of the Atman or soul to realize its true identity as Param Atman or Brahma or its linkage to that, that it is part and parcel of the divine. Um, In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna, you are all my part and parcels. And he teaches Arjuna about the super soul and that he lives within all of us, that Krishna lives within all living things, that we are all inextricably connected to Krishna or God, source with a capital S, truth with a capital T, God with a capital G, whatever your thing is, right? And that's what the infinite spark of being refers to. Though, depending on who you ask, the soul is not infinite. The soul eventually will merge with source, God, whatever, right? Um, But at the time, I was uh, doing a lot of japa, uh, chant, which means to chant softly, I believe, and I'd have my hand in my bead bag and I would do these Joppa walks and I would be walking through the woods, these hiking trails up in Gainesville, Florida. And I would imagine that all of the squirrels and birds, um, as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm for some reason thought of uh, the Snow White cartoon where all the birds are doing the housework or whatever. Um, but I'm imagining them all and they all had these, like when I would look at them, I would imagine that they had these uh, little yellow glowing sparks in their chest. And then I would imagine it in the trees. And when other hikers would walk by, I would imagine uh, them with one, go to the grocery, I'd imagine it. So what I didn't realize I was doing at the time was I was performing a thought experiment. Um, I'm going to do an episode on thought experiments and how they change our subconscious. But really what I was doing was folding this idea into my mind and making it a reality for me. Um, So I was doing that. And then one day I got uh, this urge to create a blog. And I had learned about Tumblr. And I thought, you know, I'm going to make a blog. And in this blog, I'm going to share but my intention for sharing, first I was sharing like YouTube clips like Ram Dass talks and Thich Nhat Hanh and all this kind of stuff and, you know, other people's posts. And it was all essentially, um, it was essentially a motivational page where I was sharing um, inspiration, things that inspired me. And I had this vision of this person living a life spiritually within a religious context that they didn't identify with the way I did, right? The way I was raised in this Baptist church, in this Baptist school, but really had no like attachment to it. 
I didn't feel connected to it. Um, so my hope was that they would see this and, you know, get inspired and maybe venture outside of their comfort zone. So, uh, that was my intention. And, uh, after a while I started to kind of share my own thoughts on things and, um, my own experiences and kind of writing, <laughs> I hate to word to use, I, I hate to use the word poem, but I was writing poems about my experiences. Um, at first I just kind of justified it's just a short form prose and now it's a poem. But, um, in that book, the first book that I did, uh, the agreement, that piece called the agreement was probably a one first or second thing that I did. So I was doing that. Um, and I'm obviously skipping around here, trying to get the chronology as close to accurate as possible. Not that it matters, but, um, I, uh, so anytime I refer to meditation, I am referring to shamatha. Okay. I'm never referring to your 10% happier app. I'm never referring to uh, calm. I'm not referring to any of these things. I'm not referring to a guided meditation that you do on YouTube every night before you go to bed. I'm referring to shamatha. And um, when we're doing that, when we first start doing it, it takes time, right? All of these things to really get the juice out of these practices, it takes time. You don't have the neural pathways to get to that pocket just yet. But you do over time. You start to develop it and you get better at it, essentially. Um, well... It was, you know, it was, I guess, normal to just sit for a half hour and, you know. But um, I started to venture into uh, more occult kind of things. And um, it's so funny because my whole intention doing this podcast was to be uh, open and honest with how I am and who I am and what I'm interested in. And. I always feel myself pulling back and I just looked over at like my bookshelf and there's so much crazy shit on here. But like I was just, my eye made, my eyes made contact, contact with the, my theosophical glossary of like, <laughs> and the secret doctor and all those Helena Petrova Blavatsky books that I'm sitting here looking at next to my Bhagavad Gita. Anyway. So yeah, I got into more occult kind of things. And um, so I started kind of looking at like out-of-body experiences and, and what those looked like. And because I was having these kind of like weird moments. You know, it was wild was, um, and I'm going to do an episode on uh, UFOs and things because my mother had some experiences that were wild. But um, she was a Depression-era country lady, right? And um, one time we were talking, and I believe it was when I first started um, my uh, affair with the Hare Krishnas. And um, we were talking about meditation, and she goes, yeah, I tried meditation once. 
like, really? She goes, yeah, they had a class down at the community college. And I went down there and took it and came home and did it. She goes, I didn't like it. I'm like, what didn't you like about it? She goes, well, it scared me. I left my body. <laughs> and I was like, what? She goes, yeah, I left my body and it really freaked me. I was like, what, what, was, what was so scary about that? She goes, well, you were a baby. And I thought, who's going to take care of my baby if I leave my body? Um, so, you know. Anyway, um, so I started looking into like kind of out-of-body experiences, remote viewing, all these kind of like things because I was having experiences that didn't add up that weren't really in, uh, weren't being explained to me by any of my teachers at the time. So, and if you do this sort of search, right, on the internet, you'll eventually run across a man named Robert Monroe. And I have a weird, my feelings are very strange with Robert Monroe because what eventually came out of his research was a technology that's very cool and very interesting. But his story, I don't know if I buy it um, for all of the kooky shit I'm into, like these, again, looking over it, the book of magical power and, <laughs> you know, whatever crazy shit I've got over here. I'm, I'm a skeptic, you know? I'm, I'm always a skeptic. Uh, you know, I want to do another episode on mediums and my experience with that stuff. But um, yeah, I, and it's and the reason I'm a skeptic is because I do believe it, right? I think that it's because I want the truth and I want to understand it. And I don't really have time for you to fuck with me. You know what I mean? Like I have time for your fucking bullshit story that's not real. Like I want the I want the goods. I want the truth, right? I want to, I want the juice. Um, so I am a little skeptical of his story, but the way he tells it is this. Um, and I believe this is in the fifties or the sixties, maybe. He was a radio disc jockey, and one night he woke up. And when he opened his eyes, he could see himself in his bed and he felt something on his back and it was the ceiling. He was bumping the ceiling or something and it freaked him out and he couldn't quite get back into his body. And then he did. Um, now I might be screwing this story up. I don't know, but the first like kind of red flag where I was like, eh, is that anytime I've been in those types or had those types of experiences, I didn't have any tactile sensation. So that kind of, I find odd, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means I haven't had that experience. That's all. So, but that is something that I'm like, uh, I don't know. But um, he was, uh, he started to, it kept happening, I guess. So he started being, you know, really inquisitive and asking people and trying to find somebody that could help him understand it. Uh, long story short, he developed a thing called Hemisync, which stands for Hemispheric Synchronization. And it was this audio program, this series of, you know, sounds that um, fire off both hemispheres of the brain at one time. And it, the way I understand it now at this point is I believe that there is probably, they're probably like cycling you through binaural beats, like through different wave states, like theta and delta and gamma and alpha. But, um, you know, uh, 
I got really interested in what he had to say because some of his stories, like he would talk about like these, you know, having these um, experiences with different beings, different like kind of planes of consciousness. And he referred to them as planes, I believe, or dimensions. I don't know. But um, what he was describing, in my opinion, you know, based off my experience with the Tibetan Book of the Dead and whatnot, he was essentially describing bardo states. So I thought, well, this guy's just kind of going through bardo states, I guess. <clears throat> I've never interacted with like kind of the like more aggressive or demonic kind of beings that are described in some of these things. Um, you know, but essentially Robert Monroe was like warning you about this being and that being, and it, it just sounded like he'd read the Tibetan Book of the Dead and was, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so I started doing some research and, uh, the CDs on their website for their Hemi Singh and stuff was like fucking 800 bucks or something, something crazy. I was like, I'm not paying that for a stack of CDs. So I went at the time, like BitTorrents were pretty popular. So I went on, I, on Pirate Bay. I don't know if Pirate Bay is still around, but I went on Pirate Bay and I found, uh, it was Baroque chamber music, Hemi Singh. And, uh, you know, what I would say it, it was at this point was it was probably like a, a binaural beat, like a theta wave underneath Baroque chamber music, like kind of like as a bed underneath it. And I've made a lot of these things. And I'm, I really want to get, uh, I want to share them with you guys. I just got to figure out how to share an hour long audio thing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... He uh, developed this kind of audio technique, and I downloaded it and I checked it out. And the first time I did it, it like kind of freaked me out. I was sitting up in an office chair, the one I'm in right now. I've had it forever, and um, like I lost body awareness, and it happened so quick that it freaked me out. You know, like to lose body awareness during meditation is one thing, but like to just listen to this thing, sit up in an office chair and have it was a little freaky to me for some reason. And so I turned it off. I was like, well, that was weird and kind of moved on. And then I revisited again, but this time I laid down. And when I laid down, I, um, it again, like lost body awareness, but I could hear, um, like voices. It was like, um, like chatter, like people talking, but I couldn't tell what they were saying. Um, it was weird because uh, fast forward a lot of years, there's this podcast called Strange Familiars. This gentleman named Timothy does it. Tim Timothy Renner, I believe is his name. Um, he uh, collects uh, um, people's paranormal stories, like really like their accounts with like everything from UFOs to Bigfoot to ghosts to whatever. It's a really cool podcast. I highly recommend it. Um, but uh, some of the people had mentioned um, these events where they were in a hypnagogic state before sleep. So hypnagogia or a hypnagogic state happens right before you're about to drift off to sleep or right before you wake up. And essentially, I think it's a theta state. You're, you're in a, your brain is in a theta state. And a lot of these people would talk about hearing voices. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have had this experience. 
And I thought that was strange, but I was very comfortable in the spot. So I was having this experience and um, I didn't really have a context for hearing those voices like I would now with having heard other people experience. So I thought it was very strange. Um, anyway, uh, I then learned about, <clears throat> after that, doing a little more research, I learned about their thing called um, Gateway Voyager or Gateway or something. So if you Google Hemisync, H-E-M-I-S-Y-N-C, you'll probably run across Voyager or Gateway, whichever one it is. Um, I'm not really, <laughs> notice I'm not making notes before I do these. I'm just kind of hitting record and doing it. So I apologize. But yeah, look into that. So I found it and that was the one that was super expensive and I got more interested in it. So I looked for that BitTorrent and I found it and I found the, like the whole set. Um, and it's really interesting because the first couple, he's kind of like giving you these tools and skills for interacting with this media, this medium, this, um, this audio, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but then there was one that was like just empty of that. It was just kind of a free for all. So I started listening to that one a lot and I would go to work and I would eat my lunch at my desk at 11 and then at noon I would go sit in my car and on, I had a, I had an iPod nano and I'd put them on my iPod nano and just listen to it. And I would sit in my car and have these trippy fucking experiences. Um, and it started off just seeing like blue and purple tunnels, but then it like, like the, like, I'm going to say visions. All right, real quick. When I say visions, I don't mean special things. I mean, I'm seeing something, right? Like, I want to be really clear that from here on out, always know that I do not believe that anything I've experienced is special, makes me special, or is in any way, shape, or form unique. Okay, I believe a lot of people have these experiences. Um, I don't believe that it happened because I did all this deep spiritual work. I just, you know, leaf falling at the right moment again. That's all it is. But um, so I'm having these visions that were uh, pretty cool. Um, they were interesting, but then they got more intense and more uh, defined, which was very odd. And I wouldn't say that I was asleep because I could still hear cars pull up and things like that. So it definitely was a hypnagogic state. Okay. And when I say this, I'm not, when you, like, if you've had an experience and it was probably a hypnagogic state or a theta state, it's not to diminish what happened. It's not to tell you, oh, it's just, you know, whatever. I'm just saying like that when we're in that state, we're more open to these sorts of things. <clears throat> so due to like everything I was reading, right? I was kind of just packing information into my head. I'm listening to this and I'm reading that. And so when I say cat, you picture a cat. The thought is a mental impression. That mental impression is probably a picture of a cat. Um, you don't, when I say cat, you don't suddenly smell something. You don't suddenly feel something. You see something in the mind. So, um, we see a cat or you see a cat when you hear the words cat. Well, I was sitting here doing this thing, this hemisync thing. And I would hear like, wouldn't hear, I don't want to say it was like an auditory thing, but the phrase would come to mind, for instance, begin to remember yourself. And then I would see this shape and these other shapes. And sometimes they were moving. Sometimes they weren't. 
or I would, uh, the phrase, you were already everything, would come to mind and I would see these shapes. And I don't, I, I, man, I have a lot of back and forth on this, but let's just stick with like, you know, this right now. But so I would see these shapes and these phrases would come to mind and um, I felt compelled to save them. Right, because it was so bizarre to me, and I'd never experienced that before. So I would try to draw them, but the drawings were awful. I couldn't get it as accurate as I needed it to be. So I popped open Illustrator and I just made them in Illustrator and recreated them that way, and would just kind of start cataloging them. And um, what I start to realize is that. These are sigils. And a sigil is like a magical sigil is this symbol that is essentially it's imbued with the intention of the person that created it. So, I mean, they were these sigils are these sigils. And um, I started saving them. And eventually I posted one on my Tumblr blog and it was the... Um, no loss, only change. And no loss, only change kind of, I put the words around it. Um, and I believe that it's the symbol that's on one of the first or the first uh, version of the agreement. The new one that's on the site right now is, uh, that's a different cover. <clears throat> but that symbol's on there. And that symbol is the... The changing of consciousness through spiritual practice. And when I say the changing of consciousness, I mean, from here on out, um, if I am rocking back and forth in a chair and then I bump the wall, I am now conscious of the wall's existence and I am going to rock differently in that chair because of now I am consciously aware of that wall. That's what consciousness is. Um, so there was a shift in consciousness. Um like I said earlier, the human being becoming conscious of its identity as Atman. So uh, I started to share these symbols, these sigils, and uh, people would share them with each other. And um, that coupled with the writing I was doing, one day somebody said, uh, you should write a book. And I thought, well, the fuck would the book be about? Didn't need to be about anything. It was just, uh, I, so I started collecting the things I was writing. There was a lot of writing I was doing that I wasn't posting, or at least not posting yet. And so I collected it all and started creating a book. And um, you guys liked it, which was really sweet and so kind. Um, so I did a second one. And I've got a third one in the can. Well, not in the can, but I started to. Um, so that's the origins of those symbols. I have an entire file of them that talks about their meanings and stuff. And I'm going to release that. I'll probably do it in the third book. That'll probably be part of it. Um, so that's the origin of the infinite spark of being. It is the reference to the soul and that infinite aspect of us that goes on and on and on. That creates the beingness of a human or a whatever. And that's it. Um, I hope this was interesting. I hope it was fun. Um, I have a Patreon with two kindness 
offerings on there of $5 and a $1. Um, if you have questions or comments, please reach out. If you get things that you want to hear me talk about that you want me to address, like, dude, reach out, holler at me. When I talk about us knowing each other, we know each other. Don't make this weird. Just get past it. Um, there's no need to be, you know, formal. Some of you are oddly formal with me. I'm, I'm not, you don't have to do it. So um, reach out, DM, email, whatever. And uh, I will uh, start working on the third one. Mm-hmm.